are listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And today, you get to sit in with us as we talk about touring, but not touring in the, uh, we're planning a tour, but, well, we used to plan some tours, right? Touring in the, <laughs> here's some tours we did and some stuff that went down and, uh, you know, what it was like in the early 2000s going on the road with a noise project absolutely noise on tour is today's episode and we've been asking listeners and and patrons to submit ideas for episodes as we've been saying we've really enjoyed some of these different style episodes like the studio organization like the synth repair and we enjoy the general discussion ideas for episodes. And we got multiple people who wrote said, we'd love to hear about touring and setting up noise tours, et cetera. And so we thought, why not talk about some of our very early touring experiences, how we set those up, some stories from there, some cautionary tales, cautionary tales, all of that. So that is what today's episode is going to be noise on tour from the early days. And for the extra segment today for the patrons, we're putting up an entire live hair police tape from 2001 to 2002. That's the, the span of the recordings and it was a tape released on animal disguise called movies zero one to zero two so that will be the extra segment it's just going to come right after the episode the full tape so check that out it'll be directly on the patreon feed as always but yeah tour you know we were deeply into touring in the early days and if we weren't touring we were hosting touring bands tara was making cookies and late night (laughs) snacks for the bands who stayed with us and and making sure we got movies lined up for to watch and just space for everyone to stay so touring was a giant part of all of our lives early on And, and as we always say the three of us met at a merch table tara and i met gray at our wedding show reception show in the empty bottle in Chicago met at the merch table and many relationships spawned from I merch guess, tables and tours. I guess Mike, I truly, you were working door when I met you. So kind of a similar meet. This is true. I was working door and at a, at a bar restaurant that did shows. I was ruthlessly hitting on Tara and it finally broke her down. Great. Were you, were, was the idea of touring something that you were amped on early on? I mean, I know that, you know, I, I started touring a little before you. Was that something you had in mind that you wanted to do? I was traveling for shows. For, I mean, we talked about like going to see Taint play and going like that kind of stuff. I would go down mm-hmm. to Ohio. There were shows in Akron. There were shows you know, like around. And so I always wanted to do more shows and with when I started doing black sand desert, we played, you know, we played some local shows, but always wanted to kind of get on the road. And it wasn't until kind of like two years into running the label that I actually went out on tour and like figured out how to book a tour. Right. And went for it. Otherwise it was all like Chicago, Detroit kind of 
area shows for right. especially for hive mind back then it was like there was Detroit Art Space. I was running behind the green door in 2004, you know, like uh, when I lived with Delaware, we had Marshall Street. And so we'd have shows there. So I got a lot of shows going, but then doing what was it? May or June of 2004 is when I moved. I think June of 2004 is when I moved into behind the green door mm-hmm. and we had we had a show that month. And then just started started having right. shows, you, right? right? You're the guy who lives at the venue, so it's different because <laughs> we, you know what I mean? There's always the place where you, like, it's the venue where somebody lives, and that's you. Yeah. Whereas we we rarely had that. Like, maybe a few times we'd have, like, you know, we had a psychotic show in the middle of the street where we lived. Yes. Uh, we'd have people play upstairs, uh, you know, until it gets shut down. But you, Gray, on the other hand, would would put on basement shows everywhere you lived or put or loft on shows. loft shows wherever you lived. Yeah. When I had behind the green door, that was like 1600 square foot loft that I rented. And a third of it was actually two story. The rest of it was all open space. So there was actually the, the floor plan didn't count all the stuff that had been built in there. It was just like the actual floor space. of it. So it was huge. We had that wall of amps. And so you know what june uh july august september i I went on my first tour uh we left early september so it would have been just a few months of like having like squelchers come through and other touring bands and stuff and i was like okay i'm meeting all these people that are coming here and playing this thing i've been meeting people for the last couple years that are coming and playing our basement or right like uh lucas abella justice yeldum played Mm -hmm. the marshall street basement you know like a bunch of just like a bunch of cool people uh Costas stayed at the house, like that, that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh my God, Costas. So yes. that, that, oh, Ron stayed, Ron and Dom stayed at, uh, at Marshall Street. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So that got me, got the tour bug in me like really hard. So it took just a couple months of figuring it out and then a month of trying to book it. And then I went on my first tour, which was with Red Rot and uh, David Reed, La Sorelon at the time. Now, now right, doing uh, Venomous, probably you know most known for now, and that was a eye opening experience. Yeah, I mean, for me, with the first tour, so basically the my first tours, a couple you know, handful out of town shows, but really the first t- tours that it were two tours back to back in over a summer. So, hundred percent. The inspiration was get in the van. Yep. I mean, classic black, and, and read it when yeah. I was a teenager. Yeah. Certainly put the thought in my head, but it, it didn't. It didn't quite translate to noise, oh, but, you know, hair police is different than something like hive mind as well, right? You had a band, so you had people to go with uh, and you had slightly. I mean, you guys were noisy as all hell, but even even back then, but still like slightly more traditional band format sure 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 but drums yeah exactly but it was just the idea with getting the van just the idea that touring is brutal it is going to be hard you're gonna it's it's grueling it's thankless but ultimately that time when you're playing it's all worth it right that's pretty that's that was my takeaway from and just the brutality of touring and it's never gonna never making it easy and actually my first actual tour was not hair police it was zombie. So it was actually, oh, yeah, okay. so, you know, my first solo noise project and it was zombie and mammal. And that was two weeks and then a couple days off in between. And then it was hair police, mammal, neon hunk freedom from tour. So, so that, <laughs> so that, which was 
rough oh, close to two months. So basically, and, and that was my my inspiration, the idea that, all right, well, we, you know, Tara and I were in college. We were together at this point. So Tara and I, Tara and I got together two months before Hair Police started. So she like, we always say she's been there basically since day one with me and with my, you know, actual Hair Police zombie. The, the, my real, yeah. you know, I had stuff before that, but these were my real, real beginnings. And so we were in, in, in college together. And while we at that time didn't live together, we spent every night together at one of our places. But by the end of the hair police tour of the summer, I coming back from the tour, Tara moved in. So we, so I came back from that tour to us living together. So I knew that for the summer, you know, after the, 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 the spring semester, I knew summer break, it was going to be tour. I knew that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go on tour. And for me, that was the thing. It was, I just knew that that was going to be a part of whatever it is I'm going to do for the future. I'm going to tour. And so the first tour was just Gary and myself. And then a friend of his came along with us. It was the three of us. And a, li a little different than your experience because this is 2002. Yes. I always get mixed up if it's 2001 or 2002, but the tour, yes, 2002. And the, the idea that we definitely didn't know a ton of people. So it was, it wasn't necessarily that people would came through and we got their contacts. It was, Maybe someone ordered or or someone we knew knew somebody. Ask and, everybody like, hey, who do you know in Chicago? Who do you know, where, you know, wherever? Exactly. And we had done a few out-of-town shows before that for sure. And in, even into, there was, we did, a, we did a handful of shows, New Year's Eve, I believe, in, from, oh, from zero, uh, 2000 into 2001 was in, Ann Arbor, or it was in Ipsy, I think. So we did shows for sure, but this is now we're doing a full, full thing. And so just didn't know what to expect or what, or how to really do it. It was just flying by the seat of our pants, really. And that first tour was just a little... The, the zombie tour was just a little, okay, it's, you know, like I said, I, I want to say it's about a week and a half, two weeks. Where was the first out-of-town show? <sighs> so uh, the first, the, my, the first hair please out-of-town show was deaf, was, was Cincinnati. And I'm like, it's gotta be Southgate House in was Cincinnati. was Newport, it's Southgate House. Yeah. So this is not on the tour, but this is like our first out-of-town show. Yeah. And I, we, we roll up to the venue. And of course, this is also a time when we weren't, the idea of like rolling up for sound check or getting there like in the afternoon. It was just, I don't know. We just sort of got there when the show was started. I don't know. Like we didn't have that in our brain. So when we got to the show, the show was underway or just started. And we hear these crazy vocals coming from the room. Cause did you ever play Southgate house? I did on my second tour. Yeah. Did you play the upstairs or the downstairs? Upstairs, but there was another event going on downstairs. Yeah. That's so, how it goes. So yeah. so the upstairs was this small room that was so great, so old, just so dingy. Mm -hmm. And that's where 
our show is, and we hear these crazy vocals coming from the window of the upstairs small room in totally insane. What the fuck is happening? And those vocals were courtesy of one C Spencer. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> and his band death beam, which is, which was really for a good number of years in my mind, burning Starcore was the other project and death beam was the main project. Mm-hmm. But as history goes on, it really, that's not how that's it's funny. played out. Yeah. But, so those are the first, that was the first out of town show because it was an hour away from Lexington. But the, so we definitely would have played Cincy with, with Zombie. We went out to Rochester. We played with the Pango lads. Pango and Rochester. And yeah, we played some weird like record store in the back. In when we went to, we played Brooklyn and that was a weird one where we jumped on a bill that was like Lightning Bolt, Wolf Eyes, Deer Hoof a couple other people and we sort of jumped on the bill and played in the, in the middle of the audience kind of thing. Right. <laughs> and, but on the way to the venue and the, you think this is a joke. Cause I think this actually does happen in an episode of Seinfeld, but we ended up in the Puerto Rican day parade by accident. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we were in our minivan. It was Gary's minivan. And somehow we made a wrong turn and somehow ended up in the parade for like a few blocks. And it was, it was definitely like, oh fuck, what ha- like what did we do? Like, dude, how you know? are we in a parade? And, and the thing you have to understand too is it's all telephones. Not everyone had email at this point. Not I, everyone had a cell phone. Well, I, so I was the only one on both of these tours. So in on the hair police tour, there's it's there's eight people. Yeah, like eight or nine people. Uh, you know, at, at any given time on the tour, I was the only one with a cell phone out of the on people and I got it specifically for touring. So calling people if they don't have emails, emailing people, but not everyone pe- people were still going to the library to check their emails. So right. it wasn't guaranteed and everything's MapQuest directions. So we're just flying so fucking. We by printed the those. Pants. We would sit at the computer and print out those MapQuest like packets for every single show. And it and, and truly also I think those two tours, well, you think you learn your lesson and then you actually learn your lesson. Also taught you how to like gauge the distance between cities and yeah. plan your tour in a circuit route so that you're not oh, yeah. like doing your last show super far away from your home base and that you're not backtracking through the course of that tour. Yeah, well, I think you guys we'll, we'll did talk some about stupid back to back eighteen hour drives on my yes. on my yeah. uh, well definitely first tour. so so yeah, exactly. So lesson learned barely, but we learned <laughs> sometimes. But yeah, but dude, that first so so basically we did that tour and then had a couple days off. I don't even remember what was booked first or why we decided that was a good idea. But again, 21, 22, however old. It was just it didn't matter. We were just going, we were just like so on fire and so into it. And, you know, had get in the van, had the Motley Crew book and just had the, the, those are sort of our blueprint for touring. But the hair police, but the first hair police tour is really the mon, the first monumental tour I ever did. It was that it was, yeah, 40 some days. And this is the, when hair police was a, was a four piece. So it was myself, Trevor, Robert and Matt Minner, Neon Hunk was two piece mammal was was solo and then Matt St. Germain came uh, on the tour and and then a couple of shows there'd be uh, Ron Iove who was also in Death Beam did mm-hmm. a couple of shows so there was sometimes there would be people who did a couple of shows and maybe we came together but 
This was already, I mean, dude, and I know you, this happened to you, but like we bought a van that died three days in. <laughs> Better so than one day. Was, yeah, yeah, you did. You have one day. We have about a three day. We, it died in Nashville. And so Nashville, yeah. So I want to say Nashville would have been maybe our third-ish show, right? So I think we probably did Cincinnati. And we... We, 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 our van completely dies in Nashville and we're so young. We don't know fucking anything, dude. I mean, Trevor and Robert, I don't think are even, no, they're not 21 at this point. No. Uh, we're all just so fucking young and stupid. The van's dead. We don't know what to do. So the next show, I think we did luckily have a day off before a Chicago show. So we're in Nashville. We all then have to separate and figure this out. Okay. Nia Hunk was from Milwaukee. So they're like, all right, we're going to go home. And I don't remember how they yeah, got how'd they home. they even get home? But they somehow go home and buy another van in Milwaukee and are going to meet us in Chicago. Okay. We're in Nashville with the van because the van was, uh, was ours. I think I, it was like the hair police bought that van. Right. I don't remember. I probably, I can't remember. I, I think it was probably Robert who was the, Hat was the responsible one for some reason. We always thought of him as the responsible one. None of us are responsible. I don't know. Well, what he all, he would. I think he knew about cars the most. I can't remember. You, yeah, but so we were in Nashville, and then we somehow convinced a tow truck truck driver to tow the van and let us be in the van, which is totally illegal. You're, You're not, not allowed, allowed to do that. that. Yes. <laughs> We somehow convinced the tow truck driver to drive us from Nashville to Lexington, which is about three and a half, four hours. Then how did we get to Chicago? Yeah, I think you had to get AAA, the good AAA, so that you could get the tow. We had someone drive us to Chicago. It might have been two different cars mm -hmm. drive us to Chicago for the Chicago show. And then Neon Hunk was going to meet us with the new van, which did happen. So, so already this tour is in shambles. I mean, we're already in shambles. <laughs> our, yeah, yeah. Our first show now that like, I think oh, about yeah, it. Get in the van, right. It's going to be miserable. <laughs> so we're already like, oh yeah, this is what touring is. Yeah. Uh, our Chicago show became pretty infamous. There's a video of it. There's VHS of it. It was totally crazy, totally out of hand. And it really set the tone for the band moving forward a hundred percent. We then are going to go meet up with Matt St. Germain, who booked the tour. So that's the other thing. So so Gary and I booked the Z Zombie Mammal Tour. And with the Hair Police Tour, it was mainly Matt St. Germain. But we all did chip in, you know, like. But mainly St. Germain was older, ran, had already run a label, and knew who to hit up. Yeah, you're like chipping in context is what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Who, who do you know? Who can you hit up? <laughs> yeah. But St. Germain, look. Matt, you're listening. You know, look, this it was amazing. We always love working with you, but even Matt would admit that maybe he wasn't <laughs> in the best state to be booking and going on a tour or really prepared to do such a thing. And so when we get... <laughs> he did not have the reputation as the responsible one. When we, got, we get to Minneapolis, and you, as you'll hear in next week's episode... We we talk about this tour. This is the Distill. I can't remember if it was Distill Freedom from at that time or just at a Distill Fest. But Hair Police plays this. Neon Hong plays. Mammal plays. It's a crazy, super fun day. And Matt St. Germain's supposed to meet us 
and leave with us in the van and go in the van with us. Instead, he ends up super, 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 super late to the point where we were going to miss the show. And then the decision is made that most of the tour is going to leave, but I'm going to wait for Matt (laughs) and go with him in his car and meet us up. This is Kalamazoo is the next night. Madison's the night after that. So there's a couple of shows in the tour where I'm actually not, I don't play in hair, please. I missed a few shows. Because you I were s- waiting for Matt St. Germain. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, and then there's another instance where the van breaks down again. And so luckily we did have, so Matt brings his Jeep Cherokee <laughs> and follows us. So now we have a caravan going in this tour. So, so this is so like, this is even the first week of the tour. This is total and complete and utter fucking madness. And already it's like, what? But the thing is, I'm not even, I'm sort of excited about the insanity of this. And I'm sort of into how already breaking apart this is. You're so committed to it. That is ridiculous. Like, you guys were never like, ah, it's over. You were like, ah, let's go buy another van. <laughs> uh, you know, when we commit, we commit. I, I committed to a yeah. van once, and well, it was... So, so, when, so when was that van? So what did you take on your first tour? Wait, oh. let's think of how many vans there have been. We've had oh, yeah, three no. or four. Well, You've had two, Gray? I had the one big green uh, Econoline, yeah. and that was it for vans. But... My first tour was, I don't even know if that car survived. No, I must I must have had it when you guys lived in Michigan. Okay. Ah, maybe. the I had a Plymouth Colt Vista station wagon stick shift. <laughs> wow. And we took that on. So I, I mentioned earlier two 18-hour back-to-back drives. On paper, yeah. if you look at Google Maps right now, they're about 12 hours. Uh, going through Montana in a stick shift 1980s station oh, wagon is, yes. not, is, is not top speed. You are stoked to be going 35 miles an hour up a hill with uh, like a 410 base cab in it. And we had amps on that tour. The car was full. The station wagon yep. was jam packed Tetris style, of course. And everybody knew how to drive stick, which was really lucky for me. But we took that thing on tour. And shortly after I'd gotten back from tour, the transmission went on it. And I didn't have a car for like half a year, but we took that station wagon on tour and it made it the whole tour. But yeah, driving, we played in Colorado, you know, driving through those mountains in a station wagon is not you need a car with some power. (laughs) Dude, well, that's the same thing that happened. So the van that breaks down in Nashville, eventually that does become the gnarly times van. It's the same van. We had to get the engine totally replaced. And I remember that van then because you brought that to Michigan, the gnarly times van, but which Part of the gnarly times van. Not only did we have to get the injury in place, but I got t boned one time. I was. We were Tara leaving were, Michael's, yeah. my favorite store at and, the time, and the the chick who t boned us gave fake insurance and fake. And info. we knew she was giving fake info, so of course, like we're screaming. Well, I don't. At her. I don't remember knowing that. I just remember when we reported it. They're like, "Yeah, this isn't." No, real. I, remember. I remember. She was like young. It didn't seem like it was her license. The police were separating it. We were screaming at her. Uh, and yeah. then she was like trying to call somebody to get her information. And it all seemed very, shady. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't remember so that, but what did we do? The window was yeah. smashed out. So Robert Beatty got some plywood, screwed that plywood uh, and, into it. And, <laughs> yeah. and Robert and I put the plywood in the van. So he made that lovely window. 
And then we uh, spray painted gnarly times on it. And then, but we had the blinds because it was those Econo lines. Yeah. So the blind would, we'd put it up. And then when we'd roll into a city, we'd pull the blind down. So it would say gnarly times. Yeah. So you <laughs> right couldn't see the plywood unless the blinds <laughs> were up. So that was the gnarly times but fan. Like you're saying, Gray, that, the, and this is a different tour. This is the, the hair police print kites tour, but same thing. So we had, we did Denver and then we had Vegas the next night, which technically you could do that. But not in an old van going up mountains. We were going 35 miles an hour. We got to Vegas at about 2 a.m. And luckily, the promoter said uh, no one showed anyway. So was- oh, thank goodness. <laughs> so we didn't have a Vegas show, but we drove through Vegas. We also couldn't get an L.A. show. We tried so hard. So we drove from Monkey Mania in Denver, Colorado yep. to uh, to Los Angeles and stayed with oh. Phil for like two days and recorded and hung out and went to Amoeba and went to Zanku Chicken. And we did like all <laughs> all the uh, L.A. stuff you would want to do in 2004, like hang out with Phil Blankenship and go to Amoeba yeah. and, and yeah. get some like get see the Walk of Fame or whatever, like stupid shit. Totally. Also, like, you know, saw homeless people shitting in broad daylight on the on the sidewalk and stuff like it's, <laughs> classic. It's it's, it's classic almost LA. like nothing has <laughs> changed. Yeah. yeah. So back to the the, the first terribly story. So, yeah. So so we're in it. We're in multiple cars. We were <laughs> the shows are are crazy. But but now this is getting so exciting. Right. Because it it was when I was really first starting to meet everyone. Like we hadn't met in person yet. I we I, we did. I had met Dom at this point because we met on the zombie tour. So, so I knew we knew Dom, but a lot of pe- people who ultimately will still be in my life and our lives or are, are from that early tour, you know, jumping two years later, I always say, you know, we always, I always like to remember that the very first no fun in 2004, the hotel was myself, Tara, Dom and Gray that we yep. all shared a room <laughs> together. So it's just one of those things. Where it's like, yep, here we're, we're still here. We're you know? in Queens yeah. above a salsa, something like restaurant. that. Restaurant. I remember the place was called like El Presidente. Or something it was like fantastic. But, so, so yeah. So part of this part of the tour was that we were going to go all the way down to Miami because we wanted we were going to meet Rat Bastard and we're going to play with the Squelchers. And again, this I hadn't met Rat. I I had never met. Tom Smith in person. He wasn't at the show, but it was it was still when I was getting in contact with these people for the first time. And now I'm getting to meet these people. People like Sightings, who we we played with on this tour a few times. You know, Mark Morgan was 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 big early on, oh, yeah. and uh, you know, good friend really early on. And and like you said, the Pango guys, Shone and Fink Biner, and and just getting to to meet to put faces to the people you maybe communicated with via email or letters or, or ordering, just, just buying a, a tape. check through the mail, yeah. buying a tape, you know, playing Providence. And, and we did, we missed Fort Thunder, but we played the candle factory, which was, which was a crazy place and did, it was an old candle factory. had wax all over the walls and smelled great like candles. Mm. And again, this is just so exciting. And because all, while we were all very new, we all did know, different people like Gary was in contact with some different people than neon hunk was, or then hair police was, or that St. Germain was. So the, the, the crowds were mostly pretty good, especially for our first tour. I mean, there were definitely some, some empty shows, but more or less the, the shows were pretty good. And, and it was a time where, you know, we, the local band was going to also, it was, it was exciting. So it ended up being these great shows, but the, the overnight drive started in, from when we did Atlanta down to Miami, that was the first overnight drive. And again, 
because of getting the van, I was just ready to do it. You know, I was like, this is what we do. You know, we, 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 we have to do overnight sometimes to get to the show and to, and, and that's part of the experience. And I'll never forget I, that, that overnight, uh, Iove, Ron Iove was also coming down to Miami and, and he, I've, he did a couple of shows along the way and then was going down to Miami with us. So I ended up going with him. So just him and I in his car and I'll never forget. We, we had gone to triple R. That's the other thing. Mm -hmm. First time at triple R a few, uh, you know, a few nights before and just went crazy, bought tons of stuff. It was so exciting, you know, and just, Oh my God, we're here. It's Ron. And he pulls out the tapes and, and, you know, he took a trade and bought a bunch of stuff. I remember I had a savings that I was like saved for triple R pulled out the cash. And what was the release where you would buy the record and get the Polaroid? The Polaroid I mean, that, of yourself that was with a few the record? years later, but oh, okay. those still exist. Those yeah. are still around. So, so I had a bunch of tapes from triple R and I'll never forget. We had the 150 murderous passions tape the United Dairies version. And I'll never forget Ron and I listening to that at like three or four in the morning. And I remember just being like, Oh my God. Like I was just like, so like in this world, I was so happy. And then we get to Miami at like in the morning. Yeah. My first tour didn't make it to the East coast. My second tour did, but we didn't make it to Massachusetts. But my third tour, which is this it was also 2005, same year as the second tour. I got to go to triple R and yeah, it was and so great. Also spent some time at Ron's place, which was like mind blowing, mind blowing. Mm -hmm. So Miami was a crazy one. We were there for a couple of days. And again, we had all, we just heard, you know, I, we obviously knew of Rat and obviously fans, but you know, I never met him and only heard the great stories out of him. Obviously we had him on the podcast last year. If anyone missed that episode, you got to go listen to him. He's, he's the greatest. And yeah, it really was. He had this tiny apartment in South beach, a block or two away from the beach Oh, in between was this great like pizza place. So basically our, we were there for like three days. So our basically it was like, get up, go to the pizza place, go to the beach and rat, rat would. And then just, you just fucking get, get wrecked for three days. And, and rat would literally sleep in the kitchen on the floor, stayed up later than everyone woke up earlier than everyone ready to go. <laughs> he had a DJ set up in his apartment. So he was just DJing records He in the way he had his record set up. It looked like a store. It was like in bins, like a store. Mm -hmm. So we were just jamming records all day. And we did two shows at Churchill's totally crazy. And then, then we're going to lead into another overnight drive. We're going to do Miami to Houston. I, we went out on rats boat. The last day we were there, I proceed to get brutally sunburned. Yes. The, oh, of course the, the van doesn't have air conditioning, which is, which is an important thing. It'll come up in a minute. So we're all in Miami when you're there, especially in the early 2000s, you know, hard partying, you know, probably still is in Miami, but it was hard partying then. <laughs> and it's time to go after the last show. It's 1 a.m. We need to go. We need to leave and go to Houston. St. Germain, is, is, he's got his Jeep. He's at the show, goes to unlock his car, and the key busts off in his lock, in, in his, like, opening the, the car door, the key breaks in half. And we're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Rat, I'll never forget. Rat's like, Matt, you fucking stay here and we're going to figure your shit out. You guys need to fucking leave right now. Or you're going to miss your next show. Cause he uses the next night. Rat was and like, Rat's the, Rat just like called it down like, the Rat line. He's like, it. St. Germain, you're staying behind. You guys go now. 
What a pro. Yep. Miami at one in the morning, we separate. And again, I'm the only one with a cell phone. There's almost zero chance to get in touch with St. Germain. So we leave. My sunburn is so fucking brutal. I'm in total pain. We stop, no air conditioning. And so by the morning, it's at night it's okay, but by the morning, the van is just heating up. So I have this idea, and I did it throughout the tour, to get a giant bag of ice at a gas station and get Ziploc baggies. And then make little baggies of ice and basically lay them on you. So I basically like it, I basically sat in the van with baggies of ice, personal air conditioner, like because not ice only vest, ice vest, and like got my hands because I'm fucking burning to shit. Look, look, if anybody wants tips, bring sunblock on tour or don't get sunburned on tour. You have gotten sunburned on many a tour, Mike. Oh yeah, it's, it's happened, and it, I'm sure it'll continue to happen. But so, but bring sunblock. So everyone. we get to Houston. And pull right up. At, the show is underway. We're like all set to go on. And I'll never forget. I think we we switched the order every night. Like whoever would go on, you know, like first, second, or third. And then obviously, however, our our group would always go. The three of us would always be next to each other, no matter how the night laid out. And I think we were first that night. Hair, please. And I'll never forget the second we started. Someone jumps on my back or something. And I was in so much, you know, cause it was just like the craziest. And yeah. I was like, fuck. And I also remember pulling up and asking whoever set up the show is Richard Ramirez going to come here to the show. And they're like, I doubt Ramirez will come to a show. <laughs> like that, that was like my whole thing is like, is Ramirez going to be here? Like, you know, <laughs> and so that would, you know, so we did Houston, then we did, then we had a couple drives out to the East coast, but again, we have no St. Germain and no way to know, no way to get in contact with them. And we do, a co- I think we did have actually relatively normal days off in between Houston and San Diego. And so it wasn't that bad. And then we did like San Diego, LA, and then we do San Luis Obispo, a house show. And then the next morning we're leaving to go to San Francisco and we're, we get, we get up, we, we drive around town and we see this crazed lunatic walking the streets of San Luis Obispo. And lo and behold, it is Matt St. Germain <laughs> somehow made it to San Luis Obispo and is just like walking around trying to find us. And we somehow <laughs> ran into him. And actually, no, it wasn't San Francisco because the next because that next that show up was Davis, California, where we played a basement with Neil Hamburger. So that's right. This was so this was just again, the, all this madness was I mean. Everyone in the, uh, in the tour had different feelings about how this was going. I was sort of just into the chaos of it. We definitely had some shitty places to stay. Greg, do you recall some of your shittiest stays on tour? And if you feel free to to not say whose place it was or feel free to dox the hell out of these filth bags. <laughs> However you want to do it is cool. I'm trying to think. I've been trying to think about this because I feel like I've been fairly lucky. On the first tour, we we played in San Francisco and then Portland and then Seattle. And then we were supposed to play in Billings. And this is one of those 12-hour drives. We woke up. We stayed with uh, Drew since 1972. We played with Bacillus and Withdrawal Method, which was an awesome gig. Right on. At awesome. a crazy uh, non-venue that existed for like zero days called Kill Zone, I think. Uh, 
And so we had to wake up just super early to get to Billings for the show. So we did. We got up at like 6 a.m., got in the car, drove. That drive takes forever. We get to Billings. We're trying to call the promoter. We go to where the gig was, and there's like nothing. There's like a sign or two that implies that maybe there was something happening here. We knock on some neighbor's doors. There's nothing. We finally get in touch with the promoter. They say, oh, yeah, the show started at 6 and you guys weren't here, but a pedestrian deposit was on tour, and so they, they just played. And we're like, <laughs> uh, just grabbed the show. How'd uh, they find it? I, mean, I don't I'm know. I'm glad there was a show, and the people that came yeah. out wanted, they wanted to see a show, but we were like, uh, this sucks. We just drove for like, I don't know how long in misery to get here. We got no sleep last night after a gig to get here. And so we said, we were like, well, you can come hang out and crash at our place. And we were like, we we're like, fuck you. We we're pissed off at this point. Like, right, and, right. and it was not, it wasn't their fault or anything. We just, I, I don't believe that time had ever been commit, communicated to us. And also it's like a bad booking on my part because it was a super long drive. So we said, fuck you. Or mentally, we didn't say fuck you to them. We we're just like, nah, we're good. We'll, we'll just bounce. There's some pictures. I used to take disposable cameras on tour. There's some pictures of all of us sitting at a Denny's <laughs> flipping the bird because we were just <laughs> it was just like our mental state at the time. And so we eat at Denny's and then I call St. Germain and I'm like, hey, we're, we're coming in early. And we drove straight from Billings to St. Paul. And it's also 12 hours on paper. <laughs> So it was right. like yeah, yeah, one yeah. long uh, drive, one long drive. We get to his place and he's got fresh towels. He's got a working shower. He has made homemade spaghetti sauce for us. Mm -hmm. It was like the nicest, most yeah. comforting thing to come into. And I'd only heard the occasional horror story about Matt at that totally. time. Uh, and it was like, nope, nicest guy. Well, the most, the best hospitality we've had on tour. But that was the thing about Matt St. Germain is that, Look, total, absolute, full respect. Matt was an enormous part of my life in, in the very early days. So, so every everything we're saying, uh, the ups and downs, is all with just you know looking back with a fondness even of the insanity. But yeah, that's the thing is when Matt was on, dude. Yeah, he would make great food and and really put you up in the great way and and so yeah there's no question i could see that happening it, and and i could see i could see both ways happening for sure but when he did it he did it right and i was trying to think of some of the rough places for us one of the one i remember was we played in south carolina and we stayed in some the guy who set up like his dorm room and it smelled like you expect a dorm. Oh, actually, I can still smell it to this day. I, when I was thinking, it just smelled like, like dirty clothes, dirty dudes, uh, and just like disgusting. In San Diego, Gary and I opted to stay in the van, which ended up being something I would do a lot moving forward because we walk into the place. It was like above the venue and just like cockroaches everywhere. A lot of cockroach no, places you. that wanted to make a stay. Uh, you guys had maybe a worse run. I'm actually, I have an archive of my old shows on the old Hive Mind website and I'm looking at it and I, I don't really see anything too terrible. Like I remember where I stayed and it was that bad, really mostly pretty good. I don't remember any cockroaches. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm also like, okay, I'm looking at my first tour. First, first out of town gig of the first tour was at the Viaduct Theater, which was set up by Mark Solotroff from Bloody Minded. Oh wow! We stayed with Mark. Yeah, if you've ever stayed with Mark, you know, oh, like, fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just 
wonderful, yeah. surrounded by amazing books and art and nice furniture, and you're getting to talk to one of my favorite people. So like, oh, that was like always. A, He'll just make a you the best cup of coffee you ever yeah. did have. Just, just yeah. like the best. Uh, next night, okay, played the Lemp Art Center. Probably, probably stayed at Lemp. Probably wasn't that great, actually. But yeah, don't remember you bad. Uh, the Stray Cat in Kansas City. I remember we stayed with some woman who came to the show who was a flight attendant. And we went to like Whoa. a Waffle House. Whoa. <laughs> Not wow. Shout out to Waffle big, House. One of the, oh, one of the best House. touring stops you can get for food for yeah. sure. Uh, Monkey Mania. Stayed at Monkey Mania. It was fine. It was couches. It was maybe a little loud, but it wasn't like bad. It was just staying in a venue, right. which I lived at at the time. Uh, and then some the LA show and then Oakland, San Francisco, San Francisco shows. Those were, you know, staying at Terminal and Terminal right. was not my favorite place to stay. I always appreciate the hospitality downstairs at Terminal. Staying upstairs at Terminal was was totally fine. Yeah, downstairs at yeah. Terminal was the couches that everyone has sat and spilled yes. beer on and uh, slept on for like a hundred years. The or, disgusting yeah. or the concrete floor and like gnarly rugs, whatever. So downstairs at Terminal is never the best option. But when there's like nine people staying at Terminal, what are you going to do? Uh, and then I played at IC Mummy in Portland with Grunt Splatter Sleeping with the Earth, and I think stayed with Eric from Sleeping with the Earth, so that was nice. Uh, stayed with Drew, stayed with Matt St. Germain, uh, Big Blue House in Milwaukee. I think that was like a like a dorm also, or like a co-op commons kind of thing. We played with, uh, oh no, that was a different day. Big Blue House was some like noise house. I don't remember it at all. I know we played with Groovy Radio Shit Fever, which was uh, pre-climax denial project wow <laughs> so and i think that was the last the last show of that tour so a short tour um two weeks but i don't there was nothing to like if terminal is the worst place you stay on tour that's not too bad <laughs> yeah i think we we learned how to navigate that but it, it didn't always go according to plan the worst place that i always remember was in a more of a middle tour it was it was a hair police tour in the uk oh. probably about 2006 we stayed in leeds i don't remember whose place it was but they were moving out like in a day or two and there was, you know, the power wasn't really on that. I, I, I think the, there was definitely things about it that weren't happening cause they were moving out, but it was so trashed. The place was just disgusting holes in the wall, smelled like shit, dirt everywhere, bugs. And, and then this was and this certainly is, has to have happened to many, many people on tour got up in the middle of the night and you know, you're not, when you're on tour, your, your body, things are not as regular as when you're at home on schedule. So got up in the middle of the night and, and, and had to, had to hit, had to hit the bathroom and did, did the deed and looked around and you can bet there was no toilet paper. Oh, so you take that shower. Three in the morning, I jumped in the shower. Yeah, you take that shower. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely and just, has and, happened. And, and the shower was disgusting. And do you think yeah. there was a and towel? Moldy. No. And no towel. I used a shirt. You used the shirt you were wearing and put on a fresh shirt. Yeah, that's Dude, the that's the style. Was, throw it away. That I always think of as one of the worst places I ever stayed. Definitely some raw. And again, I was very much about staying in the van if I wasn't into the place. And because of my my height. Uh, I am luckily can can lay all the way out in a van bench and be perfectly comfortable. So that's the advantage of being my height. And then also couches. Uh, we fit on couches very well. But I love the trick. I wish we had known it sooner. 
when you take the back cushions off the couch, if you can't stretch out completely on the couch, you put them on the side where your feet are. So you have your head on the couch and you kind of lay at an angle so that it makes a straight line on the couch. couch We learned that way too late in life. And I don't know who it was. A tall person stayed with us. Because I experienced the other end of like hosting all of these bands. So like maybe at some point they can be like, that's the craziest place we stayed was with the Connollys. Oh yeah, I'm sure know. Green Door is probably on the list of worst places. Green Door I'm sure stayed. is on someone's <laughs> list. But the, the nuttiest time I remember somebody staying with us, Carolinas stayed with us in our tiny apartment. Oh, like smaller it, than the, than it, what we have now. It maybe, maybe 600 square feet. It no, was like, it was way less than yeah. that. Wait, it was like 400. It, it was so small and just that it's like Wait, which, place, which place was this? It, before you definitely never were there it was in Lexington. Okay. In Lexington where Trevor and Robert lived above us and we lived on the bottom floor. Basically, Trevor and Mike lived there and then I moved in that, to that tour. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like every just square up. inch of the floor was somebody staying there. And I, I was like, are you guys sure? Like you can stay here, but I don't know if you'll fit. And they were happy. I'm pretty sure we plan. watched Decline of Western Civilization 2. And that was the other thing. Yeah. I, I, Tara, I will say, aside from those early Lexington days, I think anyone who stayed with us would definitely give it the old thumbs up between you making food, you making breakfast. And always one of the things, especially back then, was the hang and always having a movie to watch. Yeah. It, uh, well, I always had clean towels. I've hung yeah. out enough at y'all's places and like always ate always, you know, incense always smells nice, always clean always yeah. some uh, like you're good at just putting cool records on there's a you know i always try to do that too when people stay with me yeah whether it be at green door we'd watch just fucked up movies always yeah. uh when i would have like actual houses later that i would live in you know i would i it's i would play records for people records i thought they would like but maybe hadn't heard was always like my go-to of like uh you know i played novi svet for or house of Rafner or whatever yeah. for however many mm-hmm. people that would come through on tour where i'm just like you might like this band, but you probably don't know about this band because your interest is like in this slightly other thing. So, so funny. That's and the best thing on tour is like how many things you get into. Totally. Getting turned on to like stuff that great. was huge. You know, we 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 even got to the point where we brought, uh, uh, when Hair Police did a tour with Awesome Color, they brought a DVD copy of Twin Sitters uh, <laughs> and we pretty much watched it at most places we stayed. Uh, when Weiss went so, on tour, he brought like Boxer's that. Omen and he showed yeah, me Boxer's we, Omen yeah. for the first Tara time. Tara and I brought, we brought, Sleepaway Camp and yeah. gone, uh, gone with the Pope and Mur- Massacre Mafia style to on tour, but but yeah. by the when t- when we did clearing tours, we we did hotels a lot. We didn't stay with people a lot. No, but, but when we man, did, we had that one gnarly time though. But but, but we well yeah, but we <laughs> we learned enough by then to bring a really good air mattress. Yes, I would bring a fan. I still bring a fan. If I go to, if I, I bring a fan everywhere I go, if I'm staying somewhere, I know because I just, when we've got yeah. out of town together, there's, there's a fan yeah. in the trunk. <laughs> I started doing the fan on like hair police stores or pre clarinet tours because you would stay at someone's place and they don't have air conditioning or they don't turn on air conditioning because they're cheapskates or whatever. Or they uh, think they're yeah. going to get them and sick. And I just need, I just need it. Uh, I, I need that. Um, we run hot blooded, but truly having the inflatable air mattress is a game changer. If you can, if you can fit it into your ride, like it's yeah. worth it because it gets you off the floor because there are two gnarly times with clay rendering. Uh, one, we were staying in, it was a very nice place, but they had had a roof leak and had it fixed, but we were staying in their like finished room and the carpet was still wet. Like it just like we were oh, sleeping yeah. on sleeping bags <sighs> on the ground on wet moldy carpet. 
And it was, it was absolute misery. Like it, my sleeping bag was soaked through to my skin by the, by the morning. And it, I threw it away. Like it smelled like mold forever. So that was gross. Yeah. Wet carpet. Gross. <laughs> That's disgusting. I stayed at a place where they were uh, getting the house re-roofed the next morning at like 8 a.m. but did not tell us so i woke up to like eight dudes walking on the ceiling and hammering and ripping off the old roof oh while sleeping in an upstairs room being hung over yeah. a shit from a basement gig the night before and that was less than enjoyable that totally nice clean house noise house yeah. awesome but they were fixing the roof in it i'm not putting anyone on blast because it was i'm i know not an intentional thing but it, oh it, no it, it, but same it with this, like they were totally nice people and they probably had not they didn't know because they weren't laying on that carpet so they didn't know what it was like uh it's not i'm not blaming them it's just gnarly things like that and then jacksonville florida well dude there was a big football game no it was it was a it was a big festival oh festival that's was. right yeah. it was some big crazy festival so so normally we would book hotels i that actually was really one where i learned to book out, you know, day a week yeah. out or so, but for whatever reason, we didn't on that. And we just figured, oh, we'll just get a motel. Tara, not we're Motel Six people. We don't get, we don't need anything. We like Motel Six because they don't have carpet. They're yeah. usually finished with wood floors. It's just like staying in an IKEA. I mean, it's just it's crap, like staying but it's in like, an IKEA. It's great. I don't care. Yeah. And so we get into Jacksonville. There's no hotels, and it was some big festival. It was like Marilyn Manson and Ministry and Slayer, or some like big in Jacksonville, total Florida, right? Yeah. Like, like that's like a big Biggest fest thing. in Florida. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, and so we we end up finding a Super Eight, and we get there, and it's immediately shit doesn't seem good. I, it's like it's like I don't know what five p.m. and then there's a lady wearing like mismatched superhero pajamas walking around asking for cigarettes yeah. with a Mountain Dew. Not a good sign. Pay with cash. Guy just sort of like, you know, just give, I don't, there's no cash register. Yeah. He has a wad of bills we in his pocket. We go into the room and it, t- like, again, Tara and I prior, especially then I, I think we're, I think we've, that we're out of that rhythm and we wouldn't necessarily do it now, but we pride ourselves in, you know, we'll take the, the, the not great hotel we're room. We're not fussy. We're not, yeah. we won't be, you know, we, we're, we're, we still have that get in the van in us, you know, and we get in the room and it's just, there's no, there's a, there's a bare light lamp bulb with, with no lampshade, with no lampshade, a dingy bed. We're like, we pull back the sheets and it's like brown. Like, yeah. like it's like white with like grime. Stains. Yeah. yeah. We're both kind of like seeing who's going to be the first one to cave. Yeah. So we're like, like trying to wrap our heads around how we're going to stay in this place. We go to the bathroom. There's one washcloth <laughs> in the hole. It's got holes in it. I pull back the shower. The tub is black. Like it's not a black tub. It's like a, it's like a white tub cover crusted with grime. And then the towels have holes in the, it was, it was psychotic. Like it was, it, it, there was blood on the walls. Like, no, I can't imagine anybody staying in this place. It was wild. And so we were like, you know what? I can't do it. We're not doing it. Not and so Tara, this. we walk in, Tara walks in. He's like, yeah, we're not staying here to the guy. And he just pulls goes, out a wad of cash. He goes, how just, much did you pay? Yeah. He just, just asked me. Peels up. So <laughs> it was a hundred percent of meth, uh, Florida meth hotel that we were almost stayed at. And we got the fuck out of there and ended up staying with a friend, a, a great friend. And it was a great time. Oh, we had a fasting. Ultimately the worst in place I stayed in overall was Australia uh, and there was a million terrible places there. That's a whole nother story. Stay but, in the Yabba? Yeah, basically. It was basically oh, some God. wake and fright situations. But <laughs> yeah. early, early, those early tours were definitely some wake and fright situations. And, you know, we learned, and, and I think this, if there's advice to be given in this episode for anyone who's looking to tour, one thing I would say is don't 
be don't be afraid to ask for things or ask at least ask what they're what they're willing to give you what they're planning on giving so down to hey do you provide food whether or not it's pizza or you cook us food because yeah. it's nice to know that it's also nice to know that like you're not going to you don't waste your money on getting dinner before the show totally sometimes i, I wouldn't People wouldn't usually ask back in like green door days, but we would make like a communal, like, you know, fucking spaghetti or yeah. Like yeah. a stir fry. Or I would make t- how many times you see me make a quesadilla at green door. Quesadilla. Yeah. And it's nice to know that. And then even down to where we would ask, hey, do you have a place to stay? And is that place a party house? Right, clean, a raw house. Yeah, pets. It told, it, if it is, let us know because then we will do something else. If it's, again, it's, I, I, I do understand just feeling like weird, but it's like, I think it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having expectations and it's, and, and, and money expectations. Like, hey, what, do, you know, having at least a, a number that you're looking for for each show, if they can't get that, is it still worth it? You know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, early on, we didn't ask for any of that shit. We just showed up and hoped for the best. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even <laughs> like even just knowing like some places take a 50-50 door split or, you know what all I mean? So, yeah. What's the venues deal? What's this and that? Getting that information beforehand would have saved me a lot of pain <laughs> over the years. But it's funny to think about those tours. You mentioned sleeping in the van. And in 2006, uh, when I went out, you know, I just saw Moth Dracula play. We went out on tour together in 2006 and I rented a cargo van, like a straight up big white box mm-hmm. cargo van for, let's see, I think it was nine people. So okay. there were no, there were two, there were seats in the front, two seats with no oh, seats in like, the back. It was a cargo oh, van. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, yep, not, a van, a yep, not a passenger van. Yeah, not a passenger van. Yeah. Had the padded like rubber floor kind of in it. Yep. And so I brought a, like a futon mattress and we packed it with gear and people were sitting on amps and drum stool and whatever else, or just sitting on the floor for those rides. But Texas chainsaw I brought style, my futon mattress. And so I would, I would sleep in the van. I had my mattress in there. No one was bugging me. I didn't have to fight for the couch. So like half the nights, if I, if my thought I could stomach it and it wasn't going to be too hot out when I woke up in the morning, I, I would sleep in the van. The only problem is sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you got to use the bathroom or you wake up early and you want to take a shower and the fucking front door is locked. And then you're just sitting there like, Ugh. well, I, so yes, that is, Tips those and are, tricks those here. are, those are definite concerns about Santa van, but I had solution. So generally, again, as we've established, I, I couldn't stay in a van in the summer. I, I would bake, I would be way too hot, but in the fall, Oh boy. Love it. And the way one of our vans was the be- they had these little sliding windows with the screen, like, oh, nice. you know, in the back, yeah. right next to the bench sheets. So I would p- have the whole bench sheet to myself. And it's also good. The idea of having someone in the van, especially Safe. when you're staying yep. outside terminal in Oakland. Yeah, Lord, you know? yeah exactly. if you're in Oakland, exactly. somebody better yeah. stand. Do not leave anything in Oakland. When Pure Ground was on tour in Europe. It's either carry all the gear up five flights of tiny wooden stairs because there's no freaking elevator to stay in a tiny room that we can barely fit us in the gear in or one of us sleeps in the fucking car. <laughs> and yeah. like, I'll, I'll just sleep in the car with the gear. It's fine. But what I would do is during the day, I would make sure to get a, a large Starbucks 
And then I would keep that cup so that in the middle of the night, if I woke up, I'd have a large cup to utilize. And then I would open the door and set that cup next to the van outside the van. So he wasn't just in the van with me. And so I'd have that slept like a baby afterwards and just waited for basically waited for someone to, cause I would always basically have like once everyone's up, you know, you know, hit me up. But yeah, so I always loved staying in the van cause I was like having my own hotel I, room. I'll say a large Starbucks, fine. Uh, Gatorade bottles, big, big, yeah. But, uh, here's a question that was making me think about sleeping in the van. Cause I definitely slept in the van. I think on that cult of youth tour I did any weird tour rules. I, I know when I was in the cult of youth van, it was uh, no, no fucking bananas. You can't, no bananas. They'll smell it. They'll stink up the van. No bananas. They do. The <laughs> no, I thought it was a good one, rule, but I'd never thought of it before. The big one that would, the big one was no pranks because it, pranks <laughs> Once started, it starts, it doesn't stop. And, yeah. and it was part of touring. And ultimately it, got to the point where it was just too stressful and tour is stressful enough and you're far away and everything sucks. And, and, and the pranks, any pranks that we would do were very harmless. Didn't ruin anything. Didn't ruin your clothes. You know, like, but it was so stressful. And so we just, the day that we decided no pranks never did them again. And it took that element of stress out of the tour because it did get stressful after a while because you're with the same people for day in and day out, 24 hours a day. And, and that's like the thing for me at this point, I, I mean, perfectly honest, like Tara is the only person I could in any way be with 24 hours a day, seven days a week for any extended period of time. I, and it's not even in a bad way. It's just, I get, I just get fatigued. I get like social fatigue, even with like my closest best friends. It's just that it's just, I need the space. I need to have space. Absolutely. And back then I didn't, you know, or, or, or to the point where I finally did. And well, cause we've done enough out. hanging, right? There's been enough of that hang. Yeah, I don't, I don't day. need the 24 hour hang anymore. Yeah. Although some tours I've gone on where I've enjoyed it. 24 hour. Someone's presence. Like I've been talking with Jason Leskley uh, again lately. And, and not that he's, he's don't talk all the time, but I've been talking to Jason Leskley uh, over the past few days and thinking about touring with him. And he is one of my favorite tour partners because we don't even listen to the radio. Well, a six hour drive. We're just talking the entire time. Mm -hmm. And that's like day in and day out. It's so fun to just go on a tour like that with someone that you can click with and just have like endless amount of conversations about whatever and a million fucking in jokes from the, you know, from touring and stuff. And so like those sorts of things, I really, uh, I, I do like that, but that was also, again, years ago now, right? Last time we went out was like 2016. So I, I yeah. haven't done a large tour since 2018, and I don't know I don't know how it feels anymore. I've been, I've been oh, getting yeah. the bug again. It's funny we're doing this episode because I've been wanting to go, but I've been thinking about piling in my car and going solo and just like booking some shows up the coast and playing instead of going out with anyone, just going by myself and hanging out and then like, doing whatever I want during the day. Mm -hmm. I you mean, know, West, yeah, I get that. I've done a few solo things. West coast tour is so different from East coast. Like it really is like just yeah. in terms of like how close the cities are together, you know, it's, it's just so uh, different. The Midwest was 
such a good place to have as your home base because it's you know, like the spokes of a wagon wheel. You can just get Three everywhere. Three to, to five like, hours so- everywhere. It was crazy. Well, we a, could drive to New York for the weekend and drive back well, from Michigan. It was, we, it was we awesome. We had the realization because we were doing these long tours and then we had the realization like, dude, why don't we break up the tours? Why are we doing six, seven, eight weeks mm-hmm. when we could do three, come home for three weeks and then go back out? You know it what I mean? Like, totally makes more sense. Yeah. 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 Like, why are we doing this? Is go we, west, come back yeah. home, then you go east instead of doing this big, weird butterfly yeah. loop or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up doing that, but. I mean, I have to say, yeah, the the idea of touring, I don't, I don't have it in me anymore. And you know, the the when we were doing a lot of clay rendering touring, those were so great, and we had, oh, we had so much, we fun. had so much fun doing those. And, and I mean, it's, it's part of the reason even, you moved here. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, and, absolutely. And, when we, and our, the last one we went out with Sarah, like that was that was fantastic. But again, it's just a different. It was a. It, the way we were thinking about it is totally different for a number of reasons. I mean, part one is obviously the podcast, you know, just like we're, do we do multiple episodes between the Patreon and the regular every single week? So the idea of going away for an extended period of time, it's a lot more is, planning on the front end, a lot mm-hmm. more planning. And, and I just don't have the wanderlust that I did when I was younger. And even a few years ago, I mean, the, the main place that I've said many times that, the place I genuinely want to go is Japan and we're doing that next year. And there's places I'd like to go back to. I, I always get a itch to go back to Italy and a few other places and, and, and definitely New York, the idea of live and what a live show means it to, to, at least to, to us in, when I say us, I mean, Taryn myself in 2023, 2024 has changed a lot and it's sort of hard to put into words. I'm definitely not prepared to fully put it to articulate that now, but just the idea of live has changed a lot. And, you know, it's fun thinking about these tours. It's fun thinking about the insanity of a lot of these tours and, and just, you know, and really for me, what, what really did happen for my, in the, the, that, that crazy era of touring from about 2001 to about 2010 or 11 was there was a, uh, I did three tours in the basically the first half of a year. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but it was a month long hair police tour, a, a, a less than a week off, a month long Wolf Eyes European tour, about a week or two off, and then a two week hair police tour. And I remember being like, I don't. That might be it for me. I burned the fuck out. I was, he was you done. remember was that, don't you? Shot, he was shredded. I was yeah. Shot. Yeah. The, the 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 fun of it had, had faded. It became way more of just this thing that I did every year, multiple times a year. It wasn't enjoyable. I was not to say there wasn't great shows on those tours, not to say that he didn't have great times, obviously, but overall my feeling was that of I am fried and i do not want to travel anymore yeah yeah and and i and 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 honestly too even a little bit before that probably what really started that without weirdly saying it you would think well that certainly affected you but at the time i acted or or was saying it didn't affect me was when hair police got in a really really crazy accident on a tour totally stranded or stranded stranded stranded. we spun out on ice on the highway and a semi truck i i can see it right now slammed into us and because we we spun out and we were head-on collision we're side like basically t-bone the way we spun out yeah and then the the semi nailed us and shot us into the ditch semi kept going and 
that fucked me up way more, I think, than I admitted. Like for sure. Like, and it was such a bad snowstorm. Like I couldn't come get me. I couldn't come get him immediately because the roads were too bad. We were in Ohio. So we had to stay in a hotel for a few days and yeah, literally the roads are closed. So we just were stuck in a hotel. Yeah. So I I remember hearing about it and I wanted to go there immediately, but I couldn't go. And the roads in Michigan were garbage too. And so, yeah, it was, it was bad. It was fun to think about this and, and to really think about those early days and what we put ourselves through and thinking about how there's just zero way I could do it in that way anymore, you know? And hey, anyone listening who is, you know, you are, you are, you have that youthful twinkle in your eye and you're thinking about going on tour, obviously, you know, do it and take some of the stuff we said. And if you literally, I mean, I would, if you do have questions about touring, dude, hit us up. Like, I, I don't know if I could give contacts anymore. Cause I just don't know who book shows anymore, mm-hmm. but even, yeah, like we said, just like, yeah, don't ask what? me where to book a show, but ask. Yeah. Me. Don't ask that. Yeah. yeah, yeah Cause I don't know. Yeah. At this point it's, it changes frequently. So who know. knows? Who knows? But you know, there is, there, the, the, there is that thing that you can't, you, you, you can only do it once. I th- or, you know, you can only do it at a certain time in your life. My touring days are behind me. That doesn't mean show days are behind me. I, I do. We do enjoy the one offs. Can't wait for Japan. Can't wait to do a, a cool show here in L.A. at some point and definitely want to do a, a show in New York. But, uh, you know, one offs are definitely in the mix for Yellow Gas Flames or what what have you. But touring days, I have to I would have to give that those are definitely behind me but hey it sounds like grave might be thinking about Gray's doing a couple of shows. he's got the bug man got bit got bit i don't know we'll you see we'll see van, what happens I, you know i'm playing a lot of shows coming up and that might knock it right out of me again even just local knock, shows we'll see knock it out of you well i hope everyone <laughs> dug this toward noise on tour discussion and like we said shoot us with any ideas for these types of episodes for general discussion episodes topics things you like to hear us talk about because we've been we're really enjoying doing these and want to do more so definitely hit us up with ideas over on the patreon check out a full strange live hair police tape glimpses to our live sets and sounds in 2001 to 2002 that will be in full happening right as we sign off here you guys got anything anything any last words uh one tip i picked up since tara was offering tips from uh james toth of wooden wand is and you mentioned buy a bag of socks you can get a bag of socks at target walmart wherever when you're on tour buy a bag of socks you can throw them away at each city and you don't have to worry about dragging stinky socks around with you same thing with boxers fantastic you got an extra eight bucks tip. <laughs> that is a great great tip Thank you all so much. We will be back next week. We've got a really cool interview next week and plenty of stuff getting planned behind the scenes. See you on the road. You have been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 20 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.